Welcome back, fellow spy fans. Todd and Dave here for another episode of Spies Like Us podcast. Uh, this week we're talking about the Americans again. Um, we're doing episode seven from season one. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of tradecraft in this one. Not my favorite episode. I'll, I'll throw that out there, but uh, I got my yeah. I got my items to talk about. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. This. If, if this is your first time on the podcast, I'll go ahead and say this might not be the episode to start with. You want to go back at least one because uh, we're right in the middle of doing three episodes covering Americans season one. Uh, and this is a just a chosen middle episode. Um, That's right. And you can go find our first episode for season one uh, on your favorite podcast app to search Spies Like Us podcast or you can go to our website, spieslikeus.net. Um, and catch that there. Uh, but if you're joining us again and you've already caught up on season one, um, uh, this is the episode where, uh, Phil and Elizabeth kind of split up and, um, go their separate ways. I guess Phil is on a mission at some, uh, travel agency convention. It is a travel agency convention, which is, uh, damned convenient, Right. <laughs> um, that that this convention is being held uh, at the same time that uh, a particular mission needs to be accomplished here. But we've said before, we like the travel agency cover. I just want to say this is like awfully convenient. I see it's an annual convention. Um, right. So they won't be able to play this card like too many times. And if I see them play it again, I'm going to call it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Just uh, awfully convenient for the timing uh, for Phil's mission. Elizabeth, they didn't really go through a whole lot of what she's doing. I actually had to look this up. Elizabeth is trying to gain an asset or a source from the SDI project, which is the Strategic Defense Initiative. And I think they're working on some sort of nuclear technology, or is it like our defense system no, I to think, stop nuclear missiles or something? Uh, I think I think it's a missile defense system, and the, ah. the, re- the reason it would be of concern is it's like stuff that the U.S. could deploy, uh, like along uh, Poland, Czechoslovakia's borders, kind of stuff. I see. Um, this this was kind of fun, but it did, a lot didn't happen, so I'll just kind of. She, there's a guy that works at the SDI that uh, had a gambling debt, and she's using him, trying to, like, uh, use him. He's kind of like a degenerate type. So, uh, But he won't give her any info because I guess the mob is going to, like, kill him if he doesn't pay back. So uh, she meets with her handler, paid by Margot Martindale, by the way. Um, great actress. We're going uh, to talk about her some more later. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, but um, they they pay, they pay off the mob's debt and basically own his life and get information that the defense initiative is uh, progressing better than it has in the past. Um, so that's 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 about all she's kind of up to. Meanwhile, I can talk. Phil, I, I I got notes. You want, oh, you got no, Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um. So yeah, this guy has already been uh like uh turned uh by another Soviet spy, but for some reason, or at least the sort I don't remember if this is something we saw happen in the series, because it's been a long time since I've watched the series, but what she tells him is that like 
your old handler is dead. We decided he was untrustworthy and had to get rid of him. You're answering to me now. And uh, uh, so there's there's that. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the paying off the debt thing, um, I guess my note was, uh, you know, the the guy that's holding the chip, uh by appearances seem like it's not stated but seems to be mopped up right um so i'm a little iffy on kind of garnering this kind of attention yeah <laughs> possibly from the mob he at least looks like someone that could that has a cousin in the mob even if he's not in there right right um so i don't know they could have they could have had him, they could have given the money to the asset and told him to pay off the debt, you know, just use just as much intimidation and force, but keep their fingers clean off of it. Um, and from the mob guy's side, I don't, you know, I don't know why he's, it, it doesn't, and this is not tradecraft, this is mobcraft, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, turning down the $20,000 doesn't make any sense to me because this guy's already got a gambling problem. You know what happens if he pays it off? He's going to borrow some more. That's what's going right. to happen. He's going to get the right. Mobs, the, the, the guy's uh, reasoning for not wanting to take the money was, he, I think he called him a clit. And, and so he wanted to get his pound of flesh it, it happened all quick, so I think they were the writers might have just been expecting people to kind of gloss it over, but it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't really like a strong case that the guy was making. Like, no, I don't want $20,000 that I've been trying to get paid off. I, I want to kill the guy because I don't like him, which doesn't sound very mobby. You know what I mean? Like, you're right. It's If we're talking mob craft, I guess, he could be making more money because he's a degenerate, so he's probably going to borrow more money, right? Right, but... <laughs> But for sure, Elizabeth is doing mostly B story work in here. The main A story in here is going to be about Philip. Um, right. There is a little more Elizabeth story, but the things she she's doing, I believe, are like set up for the next episode, and that's how a lot of these episodes work. Like we focus on if 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 we need to focus on one operation in the back, you know, just to make sure the other characters have their screen time and have stuff to do. They could be like setting up just uh, some, well, some setup for, uh, you know, operations that we're going to see in in later episodes. Um, but yeah, as far as the, you know, her and the missile defense guy, that's it. It is what it is. And I'm ready to move on to the A story. Absolutely. Uh, the A story being the travel agency. Philip is sent to some other state for some convention is the cover story, but what's going on? There's a, there's a political dissident in uh, Poland. I think it was who uh, I guess became a priest despite being married or whatever, which uh, was, I'm not sure why that was necessary, but uh, other than I think like um, the Soviet union's communism was uh, overtly atheist, I think is why they did that. But anyway, the, the dissident is out, outspoken against um, the Soviet Union's, I guess, um, occupation of Poland. And uh, he's garnering a lot of media coverage and publicity, and it got attention of the Reagan administration, and he's there to kind of work with, 
you know, American polit- politicians to get Russia out of Poland. Right. Um, and can I can I just uh-huh. uh, jump in for anybody that's a little might be a little bit historically impaired and right. just talk about the the uh, contemporaneous Poland situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Poland. Uh, let's see when when Hitler invaded Poland in uh, 39 at that point, actually Stalin and Hitler had kind of a non-aggression pact going. And uh, so Stalin, like Russia publicly like disavowed or said like Poland's no longer a country anymore. You know, it's up for grabs, which was pretty shitty. Uh, And it's, I mean, I think we, I think most of us have heard about the Germans invasion of Poland, but uh, Russia actually went in there as well. And at the end of World War II, they ended up holding like three fifths of the territory. Mm-hmm. And the what we're seeing in the show, this is all still like since, you know, the end of World War II, the situation has been that uh, um, there's a mm, there's a Soviet friendly government in Poland, a very Soviet friendly uh, government, which is propped up, of course, by the Russians, like, like right behind them. And, um, so ostensibly they're not part of the Soviet union, but, uh, they are, uh, I don't know, up like, a a puppet satellite state. And of oh. course, some Polish people are not happy about that. And this guy is one of the big voices that's come to America to, you know, uh, Viva, viva the counter revolution or something. Right. And it, and it's generating, generating a lot of steam. And so Philip's mission is to work with some other agents to discredit the Polish dissident, um, which was kind of a cool setup. They, there's a third. It, well, first of all, the, the second agent he's meeting with is an old girlfriend, which sets up a whole uh, story conflict, you know, with, um, Philip and Elizabeth and he's going off on his own and Elizabeth and his relationship haven't been very good. So he's going off on his own to meet up with an ex-girlfriend from way back to uh, run um, this op. And so that's kind of setting up for the, the story for the marriage. But the the mission involves a third agent who is really close to the dissident. What, what is he kind of like a press secretary or like a manager or something? You know, what I noticed is, is that's the, the, and I think this is interesting. I'm not sure if we are going to get to see this character again, but um, he is the guy that's interviewing the Polish dissident leader on TV near the Mm -hmm. beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he's basically interviewing about his, um, uh, uh, I, I guess it wouldn't necessarily be a defection, but. Uh, 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 come to the American side of yeah. viewing things, come <laughs> right. to the anti-communist side of things. And the guy in the interview says, you know, I too was, was someone that was once a communist that, uh, that actually defected. Although, you know, for me, it was, it was bloodless and uh, didn't involve coming to God. So this, this guy, this, this, third let's call him the third agent if you want to call Irina the second agent right yeah and primarily involved in this app 
he's also got a really interesting backstory and a really interesting cover. He is someone that came defected from the Soviet Union and became somehow a TV journalist here in America. But he's actually still working for the Soviet Union. Right. He's, an, he's another like full on like deep ass mole motherfucker. Right, right. R- really cool backstory. I, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of. I wasn't quite sure what he was doing because later on he's like kind of uh, yelling at the dissident, like you know he was in charge. So I wasn't sure if he was like an agent, but yeah. Um, well, you think the- think think about it as well in terms of if you're if you're defecting or uh, from the Soviet Union, right? And you're coming oh. to the U.S. Who better to contact, get uh-huh. the trust of, go on TV and be interviewed by than by a fellow defector who has found uh, a life in the U.S. talking about you know um, you know that has a common experience as you do, and yeah. also has a media platform to share your story. It's fucking genius. It's a great setup. Um, the, the only thing I didn't really understand, because I thought the whole setup was really cool, um, uh, but Philip didn't really do anything. He was just kind of there as the op was happening, and I think it was just set up for the story uh, with the whole issue with the old girlfriend and like being away from Elizabeth, because he's, he's just kind of there. But the, the setup that uh, they're going to do is – the journalist introduces the dissident to Irina, who's a KGB agent that had a relationship with Philip years ago before he was called in and sent overseas. And she is from Poland, apparently, and speaks full Polish. Um, and they meet him, and the then Philip calls oh, that's the why restaurant. She's, that's, that's why she's perfect for this op. Right. So I understand why they needed her because right. she could not only speak flu- full Pol- Polish. I don't know if she actually was from Poland or if that was her cover story, but the fact she can speak very fluent Polish and is attractive and is able to kind of like, you know, butter up this dissident at dinner. Um, that's why they selected her. But you know, I think the only thing Philip did do was uh, make the phone call to get agent number three away from the table. No, I just he comes I, back. I yeah. dis- I disagree. I think all three of them have like very important jobs and Philip's job is at least uh three things. Uh he's got to well like you said he's got to make the phone call which like any dumb swinging dick could could have done. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You didn't you didn't need you didn't need your your deep uh deep cover mole to make that call. Right. Um but uh you know he's got to do the mugging part. Right. Oh, and, that's right. He was the mugger. And that's right. Okay. And he's got to do the job of beating her up so that it looks like she was uh, forcibly raped. And I'm thinking, like, when they, I mean, I get a little confused about this. Maybe you have thoughts, but I mean, they do have sex. Uh, I take it as that was operational. Uh, to you know put some uh evidence in the baby maker right uh, is, is the least crass way i can think of saying it right now um 
without just using medical terms. Um, so I don't know, you know, and it's true there, there is a, you know, the fact of her Rena and Philip having had been old loves, you know, before Philip was tasked to become, uh, an illegal undercover mole in the U S is incidental to this op. It's not, they didn't pick her because of that relationship. It just happens to be. Right. Um, but it does set us up for, you know, some marriage stuff between Philip and Elizabeth, which I want to wait. And I don't want to talk about that too much in detail until we finish like how this uh, op works uh, uh, to discredit the Polish incident. Uh, sorry, dissident. Uh, except to say it was, I, I, I just, my OCD can't be controlled. I have to say there's a scene like, he beats the shit out of her and then we cut to something else. And then we cut back to them, you know, post coitus and she's, she's not beat up. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's so <right. laughs> just, just an editing thing. I, I, I can't not notice these things, especially when I watch something more than once. Right. And, um, but yeah, if you, if the job involves having sex and then one of us has to beat the crap out of the other, like let's have the sex first because <laughs> doing it the other way is just wrong. Yeah. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, but yeah, like I, I really liked, I guess from the trade perspective, how this all kind of played out. Cause after dinner, you know, uh, the priest and, uh, arena go out for a walk and he's got a couple bodyguards. Cause you know, obviously the KGB want him dead. Um, but how they get him away is she, they, the, he kind of was like, give us some space, you know, cause she kind of kept making, you know, little points at it, which he, he picked up on and was like, oh, she probably feels uncomfortable. Let me, let me get them some space. And that little bit of space is what helped Philip run in and take the purse and rough her up a little bit where she kind of falls and gets cut. And that cut, he, the priest takes her back to the hotel his hotel and she gets blood on his bedding. This is really important for like setting up like the evidence of the rape, you know, um, which is where she drugs him and tries to have sex with him. And, um, and then, you know, like Philip beats her up. So we, we have this whole like elaborate setup to where there's pictures of her beat up and uh, agent number three comes to him the next morning and he just thinks he drank too much the night before. He's like, no, you don't understand. You raped this woman. And, you know, we're going to show it to everybody, uh, you know. And, and and it was really cool setting up the, the compromise situation, you know, for our MICE acronym um, for flipping someone. Like, he, he basically was like, oh, you got to help me get out of this, you know. And so not only is he trying to get out of trouble with the law, but now um, the Reagan administration has, wants nothing to do with him. Because if this ever gets out, it's going to hurt all of the publicity. So they completely, like, cut him off. And, and I think it was really well done, uh, or I guess planned out, for how they were they were going to discredit him. I don't know. Wait, what did you think of the tradecraft? Uh, well, uh, first I wanted to note that, to be clear, even though the, the geopolitical situation is, like, seems to me to be very accurate and historical, like, this guy, this this priest dissident like i i don't know of any specific parallel 
of of him or even like anybody like him but you know it's like a lot of the things in in the americans um you know it it is fiction that's set in a very historical context mm-hmm. um uh what i like is that what what i like the most and and she does explain it uh irena does explain it to philip is that um they need him they need him filthy and discredited not killed you mentioned right. a second ago you know he's worried about getting killed well the kgb is smarter than that you know what mm-hmm. happens when they kill him martyrdom oh no right, right. Ne- <laughs> that never pays off never pays right. off right um but especially when you have a guy that's like you know on his uh religious high horse like this is exactly the kind of look that you want to paint him with and not only paint him with, but have the situation where uh, when the shit comes down, the first person on the scene is like, you know, again, it's, it's agent three. It's the journalist guy who's there to say like, look, I mean, you fucked up, but I can help you. Like, I mean, we'll just tie it off. We'll just get you out of here. You just got to shut up. Right. And and that's that's what they want. They want they don't want him. You know, if he's dead, that says like, oh, my God, we really should rise up. The KGB are assholes and assassins. But if this guy's a fucking dirty rapist, then everyone in Poland is like, God, Jesus, you, you just can't trust anyone. You just can't tell who's yeah. on the right side. <laughs> right. You know, every everyone's everyone's a douchebag. Right. Uh, what's the point? Right. <laughs> um, so in that envisionment of the end result, it's totally perfect. Uh, I think, I, I don't know. The one thing that maybe could have gone awry is if they had misjudged him and he actually did have consensual sex with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what they would have done in that situation, but I, I assume they had a plan B for that. But right. um uh, for sure. The way it's presented to us, because we don't know what the plan is and we're just watching it happen. Like mm-hmm. when when he turns her down, we're actually thinking like, oh, fuck, that that probably throws a wrench into our plans. <laughs> um, and then, you know, setting up the the fact that she tells Philip about uh, their son together right before he starts wailing on her like totally throws off our expectations. We're kind of like, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then when we find out like that, this was the plan all along, it, it totally works. And I, and uh, I love it. Um, except of course, like this is one of those cases and I'm not sure if, if we've seen it before in this series, but along the way, we're going to start getting into some Sopranos, breaking bad type ground where we're starting to realize and arena reminds Philip, like this was a good man. We just did a horrible thing to a basically good man. Right. And it, as much as we, as the audience like, in fact, love and root for Philip and Elizabeth, uh, um, you know, this is definitely an era of television where they, uh, where we get, uh, protagonists who are actually monsters and in a sense like philip and elizabeth are kind of monsters they're they're monsters mm-hmm. of a certain uh 
type and and they were created as monsters by a certain organization but uh it's something we just have to over time over the series like come to grips with absolutely and i I like the comparison uh to to sopranos and breaking bad where we have to watch our protagonists that we're rooting for do things that we don't like um and they they kind of grow as people so it's yeah no that's that's definitely a good point what's nice Um, about this one like you know a lot of a lot of my favorite critics have over time become really tired of like scorsese type stuff and uh the other example too is mad men is like you know we had this whole super fun in the in the 2000s of like you know watching what like being presented with white men male like protagonists that we really root for but are actually fucking monsters and right. some people are getting kind of tired of that i applaud the americans for at least having like it's not just a guy it's a couple uh-huh. you know uh in in philip and elizabeth speaking of which they're actually married in real life carrie what? russell and philip reese yeah no. they just had when, a baby a couple years ago when did that happen they weren't married oh. at the time yeah they were what yeah and they, they just had a baby a few years ago oh congrats yeah super nice um uh but speaking of which um that was, you know, the, that op is the main tradecraft piece of this episode. I'm sorry. I'm but, sorry. Uh, I got to throw this out too. Like, oh, no. I know at one point, I think it might have been the second to the last season, or maybe it was the last season. There was one point where both of them were up for uh, best actor and best actress uh-huh. in a drama series. And I know it didn't happen, but all Amer- all true Americans fans were totally rooting for getting that moment of having both of them on stage yeah, right <laughs> accepting their rewards that would have been awards. great yeah. oh that would have been beautiful yeah absolutely um uh yeah um but, uh speaks that was the main op that we were kind of just discussing as far as tradecraft goes but the thematically the episode what was it honor and duty i think was the title of the episode it was and the the main theme, I think, was infidelity, because um, it, 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 it happens quite a bit, actually. We already discussed Philip kind of hooking up with his old girlfriend. It start, the, the, the episode starts out with Philip and Elizabeth as Philip's you know, getting driven to go get on the plane. They're having a fight in the car, and it, you can tell that they're not having a great marriage. You know, and, you know, last time we talked, they weren't really in a marriage. It was kind of just a front despite having the kids. Um, but this fight, you could tell that they're, they're kind of eating at each other and it's becoming wanna, a problem. Can can we jump in and talk about like what the reason they're having a fight is not something we see in this episode, but it's something that we, we saw in the previously on the Americans. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is what I wanted to talk about as well, even though it doesn't happen in this episode and we're here to talk about this episode, but right. Uh, apparently in the previous episode, their current handler played by, uh, Margot Martindale, uh, who is absolutely so fucking good in this series. <laughs> um, she's a great actress. Every time I see her, I get really had, had, had some doubts about Philip. And so somehow the idea was to like, uh, fake, 
like fake kidnap and torture them pretending to be U.S. assets, I think, and or something and try to get them to turn under extreme duress. And that was partially because Elizabeth, we've we've mentioned that, you know, Philip has uh, between the two of them, Philip's got some he's got some doubts about the ideology uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, you know, he doesn't he he doesn't necessarily see that the American plan or way of life is entirely bad. Right. Um, and so something about what she said to their handlers got well, them into I think into the words this... exactly where he, he seems to like it too much here, I think is what she told them. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And um, so that's okay. So two things here. First of all, that's what's going to start this thought process in Elizabeth's head of somehow, somehow the fact that, because she is mad as fuck about this (laughs) philip seems to shine it on like it when when the two of them like they're they're fire if they're fire and water like she's fire and he's water right Mm -hmm. he's he's the cool come cucumber in in the in the thing um she's mad as hell and anger comes from like two places anger comes from fear anger comes from a sense of injustice here she's got both the right. injustice of their own people torturing them due to like a lack of trust. How fucking mm-hmm. dare you? Yeah. And the other thing I think is leaking into her is a fear of losing Philip in a way that she hadn't realized how much she emotionally depends on him. So she's coming to him afterwards, after processing this, like after majorly expressing her anger mm-hmm. at Martindale. I mean, you see it in that, in that clip, like this, tell, tell whoever approved, like she's beating the shit out of her face. <laughs> tell whoever approved this, that your face is a gift from me. <laughs> that is a total Elizabeth line. That is absolutely not something you would ever see Philip say. Philip's cold. Right. Philip, Philip has a different relationship with violence. He's distanced from it. He's right. compartmentalized it in a way that I really appreciate in Matthew Reese, uh, his performance of, of Philip. But um, let's see, where am I trying to get with there with that? Uh, well, this is what oh, sets up the, the it was fight a park bench. Just saying it was park bench. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where they yeah, have the conversation bench. and, and fucking Martindale dude, Martindale, Maybe just as a the character actor, she like when she gets a line like "better luck next time," she fucking leans into it because yeah. she knows that's not the kind of line that she often gets in all of uh, her thousands of gigs. She right. fucking revels in this role. She's so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's the psychological thing that is triggering into the marriage parts, but. Before getting off that, I want to complain about Martindale's decision to pull off this charade, which I think is, I think is a hundred percent stupid, bad, unrealistic tradecraft. 
I don't think you do that to your agents unless, unless it's, I don't know. Well, they did. I mean, it was known that they would do stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. They've, they've been known to do. In fact, I think I've heard that some of the KGB defectors defected simply because of how they were treated or suspected or something like that, that it was like dangerous. Cause I've, I've heard they would kill, they would kill a lot of their spies or generals. So it could never come back to Russia. And as word was getting out, that's why a lot of them defected was to like save their own ass. Cause they were going to get killed by their own people or something. Um, well, if, if I can't, if if I can't call it bad tradecraft for being unrealistic, I still want to call it bad tradecraft for, in my opinion, being bad tradecraft. Absolutely, what, I whether or not they did it, I don't. I don't <laughs> think it was. I don't. Th- I don't think it was good policy. How yeah. how are you really going to trust Elizabeth after this? Like right. she is fucking pissed. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she was irate. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like her only apology <laughs> is like, "I'm sorry, I didn't kill you." Yeah. <laughs> and you're still going to work with this one? Like, you were a little worried about Philip because, oh, he might be getting a little too comfortable. And then right. you arrange this. Now you've got a fucking, like, a stone Elizabeth redhead fucking killer bitch telling you to <laughs> your face that, like, she would kill you right now if she could. And you're going to let that go. Bad trick. Yeah. I actually wanted to talk about that, too, because I remember, for those of you that have seen later seasons, there's moments where Elizabeth and Martindale's character become, like, buddy, where there's, like, buddy moments between them, and and it, and it really bothered me because of how bad of a situation this is. Like, I don't, I don't ever see Elizabeth being able to overcome this or forgive this, let alone, like, be in the same room with her, you know? Uh, so, it, it, uh... It bothered me that 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 their relationship gets quote unquote better later, because um, I don't I don't really think there's coming back from from this, and especially from Martindale's character's side point. Like you put you really pissed someone off, and like you said that you can't really trust Elizabeth at this point. She's 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 gonna be on like a vengeful mission. That's not something you just forget. Like wait, you guys really tortured me and my husband after everything we've done for the motherland. You know, like yeah, so. It kind of bugged me. Um, yeah, it was definitely bad policy. Anyway, that's that's what sets up the fight between her and Philip, kind of. That's what they're fighting about. Yeah, um, but be- right before, and it's a situation where he's got to go off to do an op, so they don't really have time to like resolve it properly. They're just kind of sniping at each other. Yeah, I, yeah. I liked very you know, I like aggressive. Yeah. I really like that little touch of just as he's getting out of the car, like really, ang- you know, they're angry at each other just as he's getting out of the car. You know, she, she kind of tries to throw that olive branch, like through the little gap of the car, just as it's closing. Like, do you have everything you need? And he's like, no. <laughs> and <slams laughs> the door. Yeah, that, that was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, but that, you know, like, as we discussed earlier, Philip does kind of cheat on Elizabeth with his old girlfriend. Um, and, uh, on the neighbor's side stand, like what last time we talked about the FBI counterintelligence agent that moved in next door to them, he also has, a um, uh, like an affair on his wife. Um, but this one is one of his own agents and we didn't see this in this episode, but there is an agent named Nina that um, Stan was able to compromise 
and flip and use her as an agent to get information um who's very young and attractive and pretty so uh, uh he's had like a late night at work and i guess things have been kind of heating up between them like subtextually and um so he has an affair with her on his way home instead of going home where his wife is like upset because he's always out late but now on his way home he just stops by to meet with nina and sleep with her instead of just going home to the wife that's already having a hard time with their marriage because he's never around um so that that seemed to be like the main theme for this episode was this kind of concept of infidelity and the situations that people are put in and the reason why I really wanted to talk about Nina and Stan is Nina has this line. Uh, you Americans think everything is white and black. We think everything is gray. And I, and I, and I thought that was kind of like a, a cool line to kind of, I don't know, really send home the message of like these situations that these agents are in and how it leads to like, um, you know, affairs or just, you know, sex in general, especially since they're setting up a sexual situation with this dissident that they're trying to discredit, you know? Uh, so I, I thought it was kind of a cool tie, but it, 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 uh, a lot of it was kind of shoehorned in. I felt, you know what I mean? Like what, it just it, happened to be his ex-girlfriend. Right. What that, was, op- wasn't my favorite episode, but you know, right. it's, it's, it's decent. Uh, you know, the, the Beeman Nina, uh, plot is, only like just kind of uh danced over in this episode like it's very much the c plot that that but again they're they're putting that theme in there of the infidelity but uh what's going on with them is is actually going to become much more important and like in a lot of episodes is more central to the episodes than it is in this one and i think it's something that uh we're gonna have to talk about in a lot more detail because I believe the season finale is really going to put all four of these characters, Beeman, Nina, uh, Philip and Elizabeth uh, at, uh, 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 you know, a appropriately season finale kind of, bum, bum, you know, like, like there's going to be a lot going on there, but we didn't, right. I'm, I'm just flagging. We didn't, you know, there's a lot going on with Beeman and Nina. Yeah. Uh, in in this series at this point we just didn't get to see any of it in this episode right um yeah it's actually kind of an interesting relationship that develops over time um yeah so we we definitely wanted to make sure to to explain it for the audience so that uh, if you if you've watched and caught up we, we're not ignoring it it just wasn't brought up much in this episode other than for the infidelity thing i really yeah i really have to assume you're caught up at this point yeah audience and and you know <laughs> Next next week, you know, trust we're we're not gonna hold off on any spoilers. We will be talking about the the whole kit and caboodle of how the season one of the Americans ends. Right. And that's our idea right now, how we're proceeding. We're still kind of feeling it out, seeing if it feels right. But uh um before I go into this, Dave, and talk a little bit about what the audience can expect in future weeks, did you have any final thoughts that you didn't get to cover not really um you know th- at the end the arena the girlfriend the old girlfriend of philip drops the bomb that they had a son together i don't know if you really wanted to discuss that at all but th- i mean it's a big deal that's gonna explode later on in the show 
Um, but uh, it, it was just kind of set up here and it's kind of like a big, you know, a big bomb that's dropped on him. But I, I, I don't really think there's much to chat about because it's I just. Don't, I don't remember if that gets any payoff in later seasons or later episodes. <laughs> um, the only thought I had is like maybe timing was not perfect, you know, like in real life to to drop that on your fellow agent in the middle of an op, you know, you want right. them focused on the mission right before he's going to beat your face. In. Right. You know, you already, cause you already know that's the job that he's got to do. Like that's uh -huh. part of the mission profile. Right. Um, if you've got your head on straight, I think, I think you should know that that's going to make it harder for him to do what he needs to do. Not easier. Right. <laughs> in fact for normal people that might i mean well fuck for normal people that shit is damn near impossible right you drop that <laughs> on it too like oh you know not only do you need to beat the shit out of me but oh also the person you're about to beat the shit out of is the mother of your first child and purposely didn't tell you because she didn't want to keep you from your dream of being a spy yeah <laughs> But, you know, it, it, it is what the, the, the episode accomplishes what it wants to accomplish. I, I that's that's my quibble. You know, yeah. I mean, where else where else are you going to feed it in? Maybe at the very end, it wouldn't have the same emotional impact. It's a it's a it's a case of story trumping plot and story, as I always say, should when story and plot conflict story should always win because what i'm yeah. coming to for a tv series or a movie is first of all i want a fucking story right if you can make Absolutely. it a, if you can keep the plot tight as well that's awesome right <laughs> but uh yeah that's about it for episode seven uh next week we're doing the last episode of season one which i think is 13 it is 13 yeah so uh, if you want to stay caught up, if you've seen it um, and to want to do the rewatch with us, or uh, if you haven't seen it, you definitely want to catch up to 13 because we are, yeah, we're not going to, we're going to have a lot of spoilers uh, to wrap season one up. Um, but uh, yeah, you, I think it's on Amazon Prime right now. It's an FX property, so I don't know. It should be on Hulu, but I know for sure it's on Prime if, if you haven't seen it. Um but uh well yeah, speaking, that's it. speaking oh, of okay. fx real quick like let's just let's just say that you and i are both huge fans of the fx uh, oh absolutely operation yeah, yeah. And fargo legion uh always Sun sunny in philadelphia, sunny in philadelphia <laughs> archer like the, yeah, the archer, list yeah the list goes on of like how much goodness uh, these guys have brought us. So wherever you're making your uh, streaming choice decisions, if, if you can get your hands on uh, something that includes FX, do it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You, you won't, you won't be disappointed. It's kind of like HBO light and, and <laughs> that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. And, and by light, I, I mean, it's, 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 it's actually really close to the same kind of quality. Um, once, once we're done with the Americans, uh, I, I don't always like to tease this far in advance cause we're recording this, uh, uh, like at the time we're recording this, it's actually going to be almost a month before you guys hear it. 
but we are a hundred percent confident what's going to follow after that, because uh, our next scheduled episode will be the day before the final Daniel Craig, James Bond movie drops in theaters, uh, which that's scheduled for October 8th. Our post the Americans schedule says we should give you a movie episode on October 7th. So what we're going to do, we're going to give you casino Royale, like right, right before no time to die drops. And then we're going to go watch no time to die. And, oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. We'll come back. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll come. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we'll probably yes. do a brush pass for that one. hundred percent. Uh, yeah. So we're pretty excited. Um, uh, but that's it for the Americans episode seven. Um, so make sure to listen in next week when we um, talk about the finale of season one. And uh, if you haven't already, you know, you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, Spies Like Us podcast. And uh, you can also reach us on our website, spieslikeus.net. Shoot us an email um, or, you know, tweet us, spies underscore like us or our Facebook facebook.com slash spice like us podcast and shoot us a line let us know how we're doing if you like us if you hate us we'll be happy to hear from you uh, and the best thing you could do arrange a park bench meeting with a friend yeah sit down, <laughs> sit down next to them yeah <laughs> don't look at them right. pretend like you don't know each other but just just tell them about the show. Just tell them yeah. about the show. That's the number one thing you can do is to spread the word. The social media and stuff, it you know, it, it once it catches fire, it'll catch fire. But right now, just tell a friend that yeah, they should absolutely. the show if you like it, <laughs> which I hope you do. See you guys next week. The preceding transmission sampled the song Enter the Party by Kevin McLeod and sound effects from freesound.org. Attributions and links are found at spieslikeus.net.